Hi, welcome back to Lisa Express Podcast. My name is Lisa Chuma Akunli. I had promised you that this year is going to be romantically fantastic. Athletic in the inside. <laughs> but after creating between your ex and next and having people go through that too, it was important to realize and cater to the need, the romantic need people had, right? So last month we went through Messiah Complex. If you haven't listened to that series, I promised you, you missed. So all you have to do is scroll back. In fact, that is the last series before this one we are beginning today. And after listening to that series, if you do realize that series speaks to you, You've downloaded the tool attached to the series. We did mention it in the series, so go listen to it. I won't tell you the name. <laughs> After using that tool, if you are still stuck, I recommend you go to the website and just book yourself personal session so that the therapists available can walk you through. In fact, you can book me directly if you don't want any of the other therapists. Book me and have me sit with you and go through why you still pick the wrong people. Today, however, I want to begin a new series titled Deserving Wholesome Love. And as usual, there's a theme for the month and then there is a topic for the day. So today's topic would be knowing what you want. When people say I'm single, when people come to me complaining that they've been single or they want to get in a relationship or they keep picking the wrong people or this relationship didn't work, or family members, yeah, like a lot of awe, you get it all, or like I could go on. <laughs> the first question I always ask is, what do you want? In fact, when you come for therapy and you've said all the things you need to say in my DM, for people who come through DM or for those who book directly, there's a question even for those who are feeling directly online. There's a question that asks, what do you want? Most people don't know what they want. The moment you ask them, what do you want in a relationship? People start scratching their head. They start mentioning 2,000 things. If you cannot summarize what you want, you don't know what you want. I mean, it's a business rule. Some say if you cannot tell us what your business is about in two sentences, you don't know what your business is about. The same rule of thumb applies what do you want? If you cannot summarize what you want in a future partner in three to five sentences, if you cannot write it down in a paragraph and replicate that same paragraph, if we ask you again, if you cannot make a list of maximum of 10, 20 things is a lot. looks like market list, but okay. If you cannot give us that list, then you don't know what you want. So here's the problem. You're trying to date someone you don't know exists. You're trying to date someone you can't imagine. You're trying to date someone you can't believe for, someone you can't manifest, someone you can't see on the road and name. Someone you don't even know if he exists because you don't know what you want. So you don't even realize you've seen someone like the person you want to date in this life ever. You don't know they live next door to you. You don't know they go to the same school with you. You don't know they are in the same religious gathering as you. You don't know. If I ask you, what course do you want to do for your master's? You know, if I ask you if you're going to do a PhD, bulk of the people already know they want to do a PhD. If you ask people how many kids they want, they know. When you ask people how much do they want to earn, they know. If you ask people what car do they want to drive, they know. Some people even have the precise brand and model of the car they want. Then when you ask them what they want in a partner, it's like, oh, I just want a car. 
Oh, but when I asked you what car you wanted, you knew it was Ford. You knew it was Ford Ranger. You knew it was Ford Ranger 2021. You knew. But when I asked you what kind of a partner do you want, you just say, hey, good woman. What, what, the, what in God's name is a good woman? What in the high heavens is a good man? Because your definition of a good man is different from your neighbor's definition of a good man. It's different from my definition of a good man. So when you say a good man, a good man in your head might be someone who knows how to play with kids. And a good man in another woman's head is a man who knows how to pay bills. And a good woman in another man's head is a woman who is creative or who is able to take charge of stuff by herself. And a good woman in the head of another man is someone who is able to give him a little conflict, a little tension. Anyway, everybody does need a little conflict and a little tension. You don't get a little conflict and a little tension from someone. They become highly boring. So for those of us who always say, oh, I don't want to come out as this. So you never say what you mean. You never say what you want. Eventually, you do become boring, actually, because you need a little challenge. The human mind thrives in challenges. You need to give that. Okay, that's not the conversation for today, so I won't digress. So what do you want? Number one thing you should pay attention to are your expectations. What are your expectations? When you say you want a husband, I need you to pick a pen and a biro as you go through. Did I just say pen and biro? Paper? Okay, I would prefer if you have a diary actually, not just the paper so you don't lose it. When you say you want a man, who is a man to you? What responsibilities does a man cater to in your head? What responsibilities does a woman cater to in your head, in your own head? Who is a wife in your head? What are the responsibilities of a wife in your head? A wife for some people, I know a very fantastic man who said he had only two expectations from his wife when he married her. He wanted someone to sleep with and someone to is it take care of his kids. Yeah, take, sleep with was number one. Sleep with was his number one. His number two was either take care of his kids or cook. No, I think it was take care of his kids. Because as at the time I spoke to two of them, they had been married for give and take two years. And the number of times she has swept their house is lesser than 10 times in two years. I know another man who said his wife did not cook for the first two years of their marriage. Food wasn't his priority. Yet I have seen another man almost walk out on a lady because she will not cook fresh food. Not like she will not cook. She will cook. But she will not cook fresh food every day. And that is a problem for him. What are your expectations? Too many times we sweep our expectations under the carpet. Like, if he's just a good man, like, you know, he's cool. He makes me laugh. Do you even know what makes you laugh? I hear that silly, <laughs> I hear that silly um, list, that thing on the list, someone who makes me laugh. What makes you laugh? Because comedy makes some people laugh. Comedy doesn't really make me laugh. Like, I don't wake up and sit down to watch comedy so I can laugh. Most times I look at comedy shows and I'm like, you're trying to force me to laugh. So it's boring in my head. However, I will watch a talk show and almost fall down on the floor laughing. Because when people are in their natural element, they just get to bring out the mischievous side of them. No pressure. No pressure. I don't see why I should go to a comedy show. I don't see why. It just doesn't feel right. It feels like I'm forcing myself to go to something that should happen naturally. Maybe someday I will get convinced as to why comedy shows happen, that there are people who need to sit down for someone to make jokes. I will listen to a comedian have a talk show. I will listen to a comedian be a guest at an event. I will listen to a comedian be a guest on a panel session. 
They are more hilarious. It's a natural scenario. But when they have to come on stage and I have to sit down for them to make me laugh, do I laugh? Yes. But it just, I don't enjoy it as much as when I see comedy in just everyday situations and everyday humor. Do you get? So when you tell me, when you sit opposite me in therapy, physical session or online, and you say you want someone who makes you laugh, I'm curious as to what makes you laugh. Some of you laugh from bad things happening to other people. I hope you know. There are people who thrive on dark humor. Dark humor can be social media dark humor, but some people's dark humor is real life dark humor, guys. They laugh off someone else's death. They laugh off someone else's misfortune. So when that kind of person tells you they want someone who makes them laugh, <laughs> okay, articulate your expectations. Now, here's the flip side of expectations that we don't pay attention to. What are your expectations of yourself? Some people will stay single for the next five years, I promise you. It will not be because there is no man or no woman who fits the bill. It will be because they themselves don't fit the bill in their imagination. Have you met men who tell you they won't get married until they make money in seven figures? Have you met women who say they won't get married until they get a master's and a PhD? Have you seen people who say, oh, I will not even get in a relationship at all. I won't even go out on dates until I make a certain amount of money. And when I do make that amount of money, I am getting married three months after. Those are expectations. People who want to get married two weeks after they meet. That's an expectation. Someone who wants to date for two years and doesn't want to date for six months, they say it's too short. That's an expectation. So they expect whoever is coming into their life to be willing to go that length. What are your expectations? I'm going round and round on this particular point because too many times we miss it. And because we don't even know the expectations, we can't articulate it to anyone else. We can't even tell the person who likes us or the person we like what we want from the relationship. So we get into the relationship and we are constantly dissatisfied. The reason we are dissatisfied is not because the relationship is crappy, it's because our expectations are unmet. If your expectations are unmet, it is frustrating. Recently, I met someone who said his girlfriend isn't ready to get married for the next three years and he doesn't mind. He's willing to wait for her as long as possible. Except she does decide she will not marry him. That he's willing to wait for her for three years. She doesn't want to get married until she's a certain age. Someone else will say, oh, I can't wait for three years. I would rather break up with you now and check up on you around that time if you're still single. That's an expectation. She expects not to get married till that age. She expects that her partner will wait along with her. If he doesn't agree to wait, that's a deal breaker. The reason you don't know your deal breakers is because you don't know your expectations. That takes me to the second point. Whose love makes you go Godwin? If you're in Nigeria, you already know what Godwin means. All those couple goals pictures online. Power couple. Hashtag power couple. Hashtag couple goals. Hashtag kingdom couple. Hashtag taking territory. <laughs> There's just plenty couple goal hashtags online. And people get intimidated by some of them. We see some of those pictures and we are like, God, when? But the question is, what are you God winning to? <laughs> Did I just say winning? Okay. But what is God when? What in the relationship do you want? Your matching shirt? Then go buy one. The matching sneakers? You can get that. What exactly in that relationship is making you say God when? The first time I saw Anobitoni stick on Instagram, I was confused. What's Anobitoni stick? Then I noticed it was a trend. I was like, oh, as far as these people are falling in love, they are human beings. Me too, I'm a human being. Why am I not getting this type of love story? Oh, okay. Oh, now I get. So people use inanimate objects to say, but I'm a human. Why don't I have this kind of human love story? When you see the relationships you admire, 
relationships that make you go ooh and ah and ah. You want to find out what is it that I like about them? Is it the fact that they do business together? Is it the fact that they are both individually successful? Is it the fact that um, one person is taking charge and the other person is resting and then at different points in their careers, they are able to switch? I remember seeing a couple years back, like years, years back. The husband went to law school. The wife stayed at home with their son. Then the wife went to law school and the husband stayed at home with their son. And I thought, that's so cool. I don't even think I've voiced this out before. I remembered seeing it. It was a quick, I just saw those pictures at two different points. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. That he would stay at home with the son alone for one year. That she would be willing to go through that stress while he goes to school. So within the space of how many years, they both have their certificates. They are able to practice. And they have their son well taken care of simultaneously. What makes you say God when? I need you to write out the couples you've ever seen. Every couple you've ever seen that entered your eye in quotes. That made you slightly jealous. Jealous might not be a bad thing. Sometimes jealousy is proof of what you want. Yeah, sometimes. I don't mean jealousy where you're angry and sad. No, when you just see something and it tugs at your heart. Sometimes it's proof of what you want. Something you crave, but you have no addiction for. So it might help to pay attention to the things and the people and the relationships you've admired. Write out the name of those couples. Perhaps they are people you follow on Instagram. Go check out their handles again. Write out every single thing you admire about them. Now look at all of those couples, all those things you've written from different couples. Look at them and find the traits that are consistent across those relationships, the results that are consistent across those relationships. Those are pointers to the things you expect. You might not know it. Some of you will be mad at your partner if he doesn't come back home with flowers. It's because you've been looking at flower images and prepping your mind and priming your mind for it. And so now you don't know you have an unconscious flower expectation. So go through the people you admire and then write out the things you love about them. Then look through all of those things you've written across those different couples and find the things that are connected. Number three, what can't you ever settle for? Let me put it in a more direct tone. If this is the only option, you'd rather die single. Like if these particular things are the only things available. If this is all a man will ever offer you, if this is all a woman will ever offer you, you'd rather die single. Mind you, I'm saying what you want, not who you want. Because what you, there are a lot of people on the street who carry what you want. But because you don't know what you want, you are so driven by how the person looks and how the person sounds and where the person lives that you don't realize that they have what you want. So I want this first episode to be focused. In fact, even the next episode is qualifying for what you want. is what you want. Because who you want, I promise you that person exists. I have a personal philosophy that I could travel to China and get married. Like I could travel to any country in the world and I will not be short of a man to get married to. I will not be short of a man to date. It's impossible. Because in a world of 8 billion people, I believe we're 8 billion now, in a world of 8 billion people, you cannot tell me that there is only one person who has what you want, who has what you need, just one person. That would be unfair because it means if you miss location, you don't see this person. There has to be someone, somewhere, per location. So I want you to focus on what you want. And that brings me to what will you not take if this is the last thing available? For some of you, what you cannot manage Will possibly be cheating. 
what you will not settle for, what you will not take, will possibly be someone who doesn't think what you do is important. What you will not settle for is possibly someone who does not respect you, someone who does not listen to you. I know someone who got married to her husband simply because he listens to her. Because she comes from a house of highly opinionated people. Highly, highly opinionated people. So when she was going to get in a relationship, a person that listens, you're a man who listens, you have an A1, like an automatic A1, just for being a man who listens. That's an expectation. And so a man who does not listen for her is a straight F9. There's nothing to contemplate. It doesn't matter how handsome he is. It doesn't matter how much money he has. It doesn't matter who his family members are. He doesn't listen. Case closed. That's something she will not settle for. You need to know what she will not settle for. You need to know. For some of you, this is where you draw the lines in abuse. This is where you draw the lines in disrespect. This is where you draw the lines in blackmail. I remember when I was quite younger, I think late teenage years into 2021, they're about. The moment a guy tells me I like you because of your low cut, I'm moving. Thank you. Thank you very much for liking my low cut, but I'm moving. Here's why. I love to play around with my hair. I absolutely loved playing around with my hair. There was hardly anything I hadn't tried on my hair. I had, okay, I hadn't locked it at the time. But I had cut it, all forms of styles. I had tinted. Had I tinted the hair? Okay, that was before I, I put tint into my hair. Yes, that was before. I had done a few other things. I had braided, done all variants of things with my hair. I was very, very comfortable in my hair. Very, very comfortable. So the moment a man said, I like your low cuts. I like girls who are on low cut. There's a part of me that goes X because what that means is the day I make my hair, he's not going to like me again. I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but it just felt right to not like a person who liked me only for a particular thing. Because it meant I was boxed. I would never be allowed to evolve beyond that thing. It meant the day I make my hair, we were going to have a fight. That he asked me out because I was on low court. Because he likes women on low court. And that was why he started talking to me in the first place. I'm like, sir, I'm not the girl you're looking for. That was me as a 19-year-old taking decisions about what I will not settle for. What will you not settle for? I just gave you surface-level examples. It's not in my place to start digging into your issues. You know what you will not settle for. You know the kind of family you're coming from. Maybe you're coming from a place that was traumatic, emotionally abusive, physically abusive, sexually violent. You know what you're coming for. So draw your boundary lines now that you're single. Because when the relationship comes and you've lowered the bar, the bar gets lower. When you drop the bar, the bar actually does get lower. Number four, what will you take if you had a buffet? Too many times we pick with a mindset of limited options. You know, um, I don't believe in men standing on a queue and you having to pick them like you're picking cookies in a rack. I don't value the idea of women on queues as well. But if you could meet more men, if you could meet more women, would you choose the person you're choosing right now? Would you choose the person you're contemplating right now? Because you see this other part is why we end up picking people we know deep down that we don't want. There's the mindset of scarcity. Good men are not that abundant. There is no abundance of good women. So I'm just going to go with the first person I see. 
while there will always be someone who is more educated, more pretty, more handsome, more whatever than your partner, than whoever you do decide to settle with, it is important that this person meets your basic need. Because if they don't, you have recipe for frustration a few months and a few years down the line. You have recipe for cheating on them. You might not sexually cheat on your partner, but you will emotionally cheat on them. Every time you see someone who would have been your spec, you look at your partner like, who sent me a message? Why did I? I shouldn't have. That's why people are planning to marry someone, but they are still looking out to date someone a few weeks to their wedding. They are still looking out. Some people are just, for lack of a better word, they are just gluttons. <laughs> Some people are just, they are not faithful. That's their problem. Some people are just not faithful. But for some other people, it was that they settled for something that they wanted more than. So can you be honest with yourself and ask yourself, if I had more options, if I could travel and meet more people, if I could, just imagine it, if you could, would you choose whoever you want to choose? And that takes me to my final point. If you were at your most attractive, what wouldn't you take? Again, just like the previous point, except this time around is about you. Many of us have an ideal version of ourselves in our head. The version of you that has more money, the version of you that looks more pretty, the version of you that is sexier, the version of you that works out. If you were at your most attractive, what wouldn't you take? What wouldn't you settle for? If you felt like you were the sexiest person in the room, if you were truly your most intelligent self, if you were truly your most whatever self, put it in front, that thing you're looking for in yourself, what would you want you take? With these, I've come to the end of this episode. Next week, I'm going to go into qualifying for what you want. I know this particular series has me teaching, but it's important that I do so because for many people, the reason you're not getting wholesome love or the reason you're not getting into the relationship of your dream it's not because the person doesn't exist. It's because there are walls and there are unmet expectations and things you haven't identified. And that's what we're going to be identifying. So here's what I'm going to beg you to do. Listen to every episode with your pen and your diary. Until next week, Monday, have fun. Bye.